Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. If you're a first or second time guest, my name's Sean Olson. My wife, Angela, and I get the incredible honor of leading of leading this church, uh, and we're super excited that you're starting your year off with us. Again, thank you so much. I got to be out there seeing some of you come in and welcoming you and your family, hanging out with the kids. I was hearing all about their Christmas. I asked one kid, I know mama bribed him. I know it. She said she didn't. I said, what was your favorite part uh, of your Christmas holiday, Christmas season? Looked right up at mom. Come on, like this isn't scripted. The kid's really a good kid, though. Looked right at mom and said, just spending time with my family. <laughs> like, I'm sending my kids to your house to be raised, right? I mean, he was a, a 9 to 11-year-old somewhere in there. Just, I mean, as sweet as could be. Just looked up at mom, blinked a couple times. Just spending time with my family. Hey, mom, can we go to Ben and Jerry's later? I felt like that was what was coming. I just felt like that was on its way. Uh, come on, happy new year. Uh, it's, I don't know if you know this or not, it's, it's 2020. It's not Y2K. We done did that 20 years ago. You feel a little older right now, don't you? <laughs> you, you feel a little old. Uh, us that just a couple years ago, we were feeling young. We aren't feeling young anymore. Um, I remember when all the sci-fi thrillers that were futuristic were based in 2020. Like, in 2020, the cars will fly. Like, like the Jetsons, that's 2020, y'all. We, here we are, no flying cars, by the way. Buzzkill, right? Uh, we, we're literally living in the future, the future that, that we have created, the future built upon the legacy of, of those who came before us. I love, I love New Year's. Uh, I, I love uh, the idea of refocusing. I personally don't do resolutions. I won't hate on you if you're a resolution type person. Good for you. Whatever it takes for you to improve everything about your life, go for it. Whatever you do in life, get better. Like, it, 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 this is my New Year's speech for you. Not my message, my New Year's speech. Whatever you're going to do in life, get better. Get better. There is no part of your life that you should be accepting of average. Go ahead, get better. If it's a resolution, make a resolution. For me, I just use this time of year to refocus. Focus to me is super important, and our focus determines the direction of our life. Not only the direction, our focus determines the depth of our impact. Here's what I want to tell you about focus. As you think of resolutions and focus and all these things that we think of in January in the new year, the more your life focuses on you, the more you are the focus of your life, the less impact your life will have. All right? The less you are the focus of your life, the more impact you will have. So whatever it is that you're thinking, whatever it is that you're refocusing and, and, and resolutioning and revolutioning and whatever fancy word you want to use, the question is this, are you the focus? Because the more we are the focus of our lives, the less impact we will have. And I don't know about you, but I want my days to matter more than the 24 hours that they take up. I want my days to matter. I want my days to matter more than filling up time. 
I remember when I was growing up long before iPads. Come on, we had no iPads. If we wanted to watch TV, we had to sit down. Sometimes in my early childhood, I had to get my tail off the couch and go up to the knob and turn the channel. And if that didn't work, I had to mess with the rabbit ears to get them just right. You know, like we didn't have iPads. So sometimes during holiday break, we got this. We got bored. Anybody remember, look at your mom going, I'm bored. Right? Now, I'm bored. That just means I changed the app on my iPad. I remember getting bored and trying to fill the day. The goal was just to fill the day. I want my life to be more full than a day. I want it to mean more than taking up 24 hours. That's why as as we start this this new year, we're going to do a series called Built to Last. Built to Last. Last year, 2019, was the first full calendar year of this church. And again today, we set out some more chairs because God's doing something incredible that's starting out of Pritchardville Elementary. We had to go to the trailer for some extra chairs. Don't worry, I got more in the trailer, so you go ahead and bring your friends next week. It's all right. Right? We got more. And if we run out, I'll I'll, I'll get some more from Lowe's. I'll empty them again. I don't even care. But I want to be built to last more than one year. I want a church that's more than 52 Sundays in a calendar year. I want something that spans generations and generations, and I want my life to span more than my days. I want to be built to last. And now sometimes we're almost hesitant of resolutions because the statistics of just a few years ago was resolutions lasted a mere three days to three weeks. That was it. Planet Fitness is going to be packed for the next three weeks, y'all. Ten bucks, they're getting you ten dollars at a time. Don't worry, five weeks from now, it's going to be empty. Right? That's the, that's the resolution mentality. I'm going to start strong. No, I don't want to start strong. I want to be built to last. I don't want to start fast. I want to be built to last. And that's my heartbeat as we look. How can our lives, how can this church, how can our impact be built to last? As I, as I thought about this message in this series and I studied, I found it really, really fun and appropriate to pull from my dad's notes. As we talk about having a legacy that lasts, uh, and I studied, I pulled out my dad's notebooks. Uh, I don't remember if, if, if you've heard me preach much. I, I don't remember a lot of my dad's messages. My dad was a pastor my whole life. Uh, he died in 2008. I have all of his sermons and notebooks in my office, all of them. One of the most special things I have, I stole them from my brother and my sister. They didn't get any opportunity to get them. I have those. Uh, But I have them all, and and I could flip through them, and I couldn't remember more than about five sermons, and that's being generous. But this passage, this passage is my dad's favorite message to preach from, the, the favorite scripture to preach from. We as kids would actually harass him about this scripture. Uh, when, when he died, Shane and I uh, got, got tattoos, and we almost put this scripture on the tattoo because it was such a, a life verse of his. It was his favorite scripture. You see, we all have things that we inherited from our families, both good and bad. Anybody? You got some good things? When they say you're like your mom or your dad, there's some good there, and there's some bad there. You know what I'm saying? My dad, he would always say this, a man's only as good as his word. You, you, you're, did your dad have one of those? I don't know what it was. A man's only as good as his word. Thanks, dad. I'm like three. I can barely talk. I mean, I, if I had a dollar for every time he said that, I wouldn't have to work, right? A man's only good as work. Then my dad also had this. 
Every time he went golfing, my dad loved to golf. He golfed every week. He was a great golfer, a terrible golf swing, great golfer, right? He would warn people in the church. He was a pastor, very calm guy, very humble, very calm. He would literally start on the tee box of the first hole and go, guys, I just want you to know, out there, I'm your pastor. Today, the idiot will come out. On the golf course, you will see the idiot. Sure enough, three or four holes in, he's swinging a golf club into the ground. You idiot, you idiot. I also inherited that. All right? I, I, you get some good and some bad. You see, intentionally or not, we are building something with our days. You're building something. We're building something to hand off. The question is, what is it? What is it that you're building? Teenagers, you're at a unique advantage because you could start building something earlier than some of us. I wish someone would have looked at me and told me to intentionally build something in my life when I was your age. I didn't, right? You know, intentionally build something. We're all building something. The question is, what is it and how long will it last? If we're not intentional, we will build a life that will die with our last day. One of my fears as a pastor of the church, as a pastor in the church, is that we as the church leave and live good lives that are temporary. We're good people. Oh, they're just one of the nicest people ever. That's great. And we live good lives that are, that are temporary. I want to be, be built to last. Look at someone around you say, be built to last. Go ahead. So the shy people in the room, they're hiding right now. This is actually, so when pastors do that, it's like an introvert or extrovert test. We know which one you are now. You're welcome. So does everyone around you. The introvert's like, I was praying. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I was praying. I had a moment with Jesus. I was just praying. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me in that moment. I'm sorry. I block everyone around me when I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. No, you're just an introvert. Don't over-spiritualize it, right? So here we are, Joshua chapters 3 and 4. Um, this story takes place just before the great story of Jericho. Now, when, when you're in Sunday school, which is old man talk for the class they put the kids in before the church, they, you needed a double dose back in the day. Uh, they, they, they wanted to over-church you because you was... Trouble. That's what happened to me. They would teach you of Jericho, and, and the people would march around, and the walls would fall. The story we're talking about happens just before that story. Joshua is taking the people into Jericho, and they come to the Jordan River. And they camp on this side of the Jordan River, and God tells Joshua, he says, all right, listen, I'm going to do a miracle. I'm going I'm to part the Jordan River. I'm going to stop the flow of water in the Jordan River. What you need to do is send the priest in carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which was the tangible presence of God for the Israelite people. So they're going to carry the most prized possession for the whole nation on their shoulders into this river at flood stage. So the river's at flood stage, and God says, listen, we're going to send the leaders, we're going to send the priest into the river at flood stage holding the Ark of the Covenant. Then God, when the miracle was done, then God says... We're going to build something that lasts, that will serve as a monument for all generations. You see, I don't know about you, but experiences begin to fade away. Right? The older you get, you, you kind of draw back on some experiences and you're like, is that really how it went down? I don't know about you, but, but when my family all gets together, they have about the same five stories they tell. And now I begin to wonder, is that really how it went down? 
Did Shane really pee in a mop bucket? Yes. While my grandmother was mopping the floor. That's a pastor in Beaufort. We're in Bluffton, y'all. We ain't like that. That's, them, that, that's that Beaufort side. They crazy up there. Like, you start hearing, people are like, where is this guy going? Welcome to Venture Church. Like, right? Uh, um, like, is that really how it happened? And, and experiences fade. So God then tells Joshua, said, no, 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 we're going to build something that will last long beyond the story. Long beyond the experience, the moment, services will fade. These incredible worship songs that we sing right now, they'll fade away. These messages, you probably won't remember them on Tuesday. All right, let's call it like it is. After lunch, you'll be like, what'd that pastor say? I don't know. He told about his brother peeing in a mop bucket. That's so weird. Are we going to go back to that church? Yeah, all right, yes. All right, all of it. Right? Sermons fade away, but your faith, your faith will be a legacy for generations to come. The stories you tell will be mistold and misunderstood, but your faith, God calls them to build something that will last. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them to take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each tribe of Israel. He told them, go into the middle, go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones. Here it is. We will use these stones to build a memorial in the future your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. One day, one day your kids, your grandkids will ask, what did your life mean? What did your life mean? What did it all add up to? One of the things I'm most proud of in my life is my faith legacy. I inherited some other things from my dad, clearly not his golf game, some other things though, right? But my faith legacy you see, I, I'll even unpackage it for you for just a moment since I'm preaching his message. Let's give honor where honor is due. My dad was a first-generation Christian. The day he got saved, he walked through the front door, told his parents, I met Jesus, and they told him he was drunk and that it would blow over. So when they found out it stuck, they told him he could go to one church service a week. Now, this is in a day where you went to church three or four times a week. You went Sunday morning, you went Sunday night, you went Wednesday night. Because they know you couldn't hold your faith together for more than three days, so you had to be there every other day to get some Jesus. You know, that's the church I grew up in, by the way. They're like, no, you need him multiple times a week, right? So, so they would tell him one service a week. Now, this is what my dad would do. My dad went to youth group because he needed to be around his peers. So Sunday morning, my daddy would get out of bed, 
He put on his Sunday's best because you didn't go to church like you do in the low country in jeans, skinny jeans, jeans, tennis shoes, and a long body t-shirt and a jacket. You didn't go to church like that. You went in a suit. How you wear a suit in the low country anyway? I don't know. So they, they went in a suit. My dad would get up on a Sunday morning in his bedroom, door closed, put a suit on, tie a tie, kneel down and read the Bible. That's my faith legacy, y'all. He didn't go to church. He was the church. And I'm so proud of it. Let me tell you something. You're building something with your days that will live beyond 24 hours. You're building something with your life. We're all doing it. And here's what I want to tell you. If you're building something that will last, you got to get out of the camp. you got to get out of the camp. You see, before they could build the stone with the stones from the river, they had to be willing to get out of the camp. Go back a chapter. Go back just before all of what I just read. Joshua chapter 3, they, they, they come up and they, they start a camp. I'm not a camper. I don't want to hang out and pretend I'm homeless. I like air conditioning and plumbing. Come on, somebody. I don't need a hole in the ground. I need something that's, you know, like I, I, like, I like the niceties that we have today. I'm not a camper. So they, they're in the camp, hanging out with each other. Joshua 3, chapter 14, or verses 14 and 15. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. It was at flood stage. In your camp, you have comfort. You have security. You have safety. It's fun when you're hanging out in the camp over here to talk about the cool things that God might do if you went in the Jordan. Like, man, if we went over there, could you imagine? How cool would it be? Man, the, the camp is New Year's. Man, 2020 is going to be the best year ever. All these amazing things are going to happen. In three days, the world seems to be falling apart. That's on you. I don't know, right? But man, man, it, 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 2020 is going to be the best year ever. We're in the camp. We're talking about it. Hey, guys, um, we're going to leave the safety, the security, and the comfort of the camp, and we're going to go into the river. Hey, Joshua, the river's flooding. It'll, like, kill us and sweep us away and take, take the ark with it. But you won't build something that will last beyond your years in your comfort zone. The more comfortable life is, the less meaning it has. Come on, right? We like comfort. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love that AC. My, my AC runs when it's 62 degrees outside. My wife likes a refrigerator to live in. Like, hang meat. If you're coming to the Olsen's house, you just know you wear a parka. Just wear a parka, right? You come in, middle of summer, people are bringing in hoodies into my house. Like, that's, Angela likes it like that, all right? All right that's what it's about. I like the comforts. But greatness is not born in comfort. Your legacy, if you're going to build something that's going to last beyond your years, it won't happen in the camp. They had to leave the camp. And let me tell you something. As we, as we talk about this, I don't believe the next generation needs our campfire stories. Well, back in my day. It ain't, it ain't our day. Like we're, we're, we're already doing that. Son, when I was your age, I didn't have no iPad. I had a coloring book, and I sat on the third row of the church, and I colored, and I only had two colors of crowns, boy. And I walked uphill both ways in the sunshine and the snow to get to church, right? Like, they don't need our campfire stories. They need a sign of the faithfulness of the God we served. 
Like stories will fade away. Stories will be mistold. Your stories will be misunderstood, but, but the faithfulness of the God we serve will last long beyond our years. Your stories, though, I'm up here today. I love this. I'm up here today. I, I'm, I'm 100% totally digital, by the way. That's, that's, the way, that's the way I live, and I don't know, understand that paper game, right? I'm up here today preaching a message, give honor where honors due, by my dad that was written probably before I was born in a notebook that I specifically keep to hand off to my kids. Every one of my messages is held in a notebook digitally, by the way, digitally, because I know by the time they get up here, ain't no such thing as paper, right? In a notebook digitally to hand off. It ain't about the story. It's about the substance. Hold on. I'm going to say that again. It isn't about the stories. It's about the substance. The stories your family tell will be mistold, misunderstood, and misrepresented. The substance of your family will last for generations to come. I don't care about your family stories. I want to know what the substance is. I want to know what the substance is. What are you building when you're building to last? And let me tell you, comfort is the adversary of your family's legacy. I asked somebody, we were, we were hanging out, I was like, well, what are we going to do 2020? Just survive. Like, anybody, let's just be honest, let's just be transparent, that, that's sometimes how it feels. Let's just, man, let's just survive. I don't want to survive, I want to thrive. I want to be built to last, and, and you can't do that from the perimeter, it comes from the middle. From the middle. Let's talk about what happens in the middle. Joshua chapter 4, verse 5, he told them, I love this. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan. In front of the ark of the Lord your God, each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder. Twelve stones and all. Go into the, go into the middle. He says, go into the middle. Man, you're already over here. He says, go, go, into, go into the middle. You see, sometimes we play the perimeter game. Significance is not found on the sideline, y'all. Significance is not found on the sideline. We want to build something that lasts, but we like the safety of the shore. The 12 guys that were going to pick up the stones, Joshua looks at them and says, go into the middle of the river. Go back into the middle of the river. Oh, but hold on. In the middle, the ground isn't sure and it's shaky and I'm going to sink in. That's right. Get into the middle near the ark because that's where you're going to draw your legacy from. Some of us, we play the perimeter game. Hey, I like it out here. I still, got, I still got my sure footing. I still have some safety and security over here, but I, I, got, I got one foot in. Still got dry ground. And God says, no, 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 you can't see. You can't find the big rocks to build your family's legacy from the sideline. See, there are no spectators when you're building something to last. Spectators have ticket subs and stories. I don't want ticket subs and stories to my life. I want the championship ring that the players get. That doesn't happen on the sideline in the seats. That happens on the field. Get in the middle. Get in the middle of what God's doing around you. Get into the middle of what God's calling you to do. But it's uncomfortable out there. Yeah, see, I'm a football guy, right? I'm a football guy. I've, I've often talked to my football friends. How much would it take for you to stand there and let those big old defensive ends just charge full speed at you? That seems uncomfortable to me. That's the price those dudes pay to have a championship ring. Week in and week out, they volunteer to get hit by full-grown men running like cars. 
There's a price to pay for your significance. My dad, my family, they paid a price for the legacy I get to have. We're going to build something that lasts. You got you to get in the middle. Stop playing it, it, it safe from the edges. Can I tell you something? Can I, make, can I make a statement here for you? Since we're all here at, at Venture Church, I don't think your grandkids will care about the name of the church you attended. They will care about the church we build. I'm going to say it again. I don't think your grandkids will care about the name of the church you attended. They will inherit the church we choose to build. So it's, it's not about, well, man, we went and, and we, we had some great Sundays. Where is it now, Dad? Where is it now, Grandpa? Well, I don't think they'll care about the name of the church you went to. Or honestly, the sermons that I preach are probably even my name. They will inherit whatever church we choose to build. They will inherit whatever faith lives inside of your house. They will inherit the substance of your life, not just the stories of your mouth. They're going to inherit something, and that we have to get into the middle. And it only happens by a group of people. Notice this. As Joshua is calling them, it's not Joshua that's standing in the middle. It's the group of the priest. It's a group of people standing in the presence of God, building something that will ultimately last. But, but here's the thing. You, you, only build, you only build what you know. You only build what you know. Joshua chapter 4, verse 7. Then, then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. You can't build a faith-filled legacy without living a faith-filled life. Man, it's, it's New Year's. It's New Year's. I was going to go for a jog today, but I couldn't tie my shoe, right? Right? Like, like it, it's, it's all the fitness jokes, uh, fitness memes forever in days and days and days on social media right now, right? Like, it's New Year's. You can't, you know what the number one New Year's resolution is, by the way? It's not to lose weight. I'll give you that one. Two is to lose weight. Number one is to be a better person. You know what that tells me? We all know longingly that we need something, that we lack something, that we want to be something. You can't get there without faith. You can't build a faith-filled legacy without having faith. You can't do it. You can only build what you know. So the monument, the memorial they built, it wasn't about the stones. It was about the faithfulness of God in the middle of the river. I serve a faithful God. You teach what you know. You, you reproduce who you are. Those of us that have kids that are getting a little older, Simon doesn't get this yet, Chris. He will one day. You start the things that drive you nuts about your kids most, they probably got from you. Come on, anybody want to be honest right here? You're looking at them going, oh, that's so me. Like, you're telling them to clean your room up, but you can't see the floor of your room. Like, go clean your room up. I can't see the floor of my own room, right? Like, like, the things that drive you nuts most about your kids, see, you reproduce who you are. 
If we're going to do the hard work of building something that lasts, it's not about what we do. It's about who we become in Christ. It's not about what church you show up to on a Sunday morning. It's about being the church in the community. It's about loving people and, and serving people. That's why we're determined to build a church that will last here. We aren't here to build campfire stories where we sit around the campfire and drink hot chocolate and make s'mores and tell the stories of the good old days. I think the best days are yet to come. God's living and active. It's not like he's in the Old Testament. He's right here in front of me. I'm not here to build stories. I'm going to build something of substance. I have mud on my feet from standing on the river. I was playing golf the other day and the golf ball didn't quite go the direction I wanted. I don't know if you know what that's like. I had hit it and I thought it'd go this way and it, it kind of went this way and it landed in this, this pluff mud. We know about some pluff mud in the low country. Those of you that are just coming down from Ohio, welcome to pluff mud, right? You'll get it in like a few months when it's warm out. And boys like, hey, you gonna go get that? No, I ain't getting my shoes dirty to get that ball. That's silly. I get another one out of my bag. Because the value of the item in the middle wasn't worth the risk. I'm telling you. Generations to come, the value of what's in the middle is worth me standing in the mud. So we'll stand in the mud as a church while the rest of this city gets to walk across on dry ground and experience the presence of God. That's what happened. Some priests stood in the mud and they were wet in their feet and they were looking down and their feet were sinking in and they said, we're going to stand here for you. We're building a church. That's why we will always be church for all people, for all generations. It's not even just about the people in this room and the generation that's alive right now. If, if we build something that's last, that will last, then, then our grandkids, y'all, our grandkids are going to be driving down a road that doesn't even exist right now because that's how quickly Bluffton's growing. People that, that don't even know where Bluffton is right now, I want you to think bigger. We're building something that's going to last. People that have never heard of the city of Bluffton will go to a church in Bluffton and say yes to Jesus and turn the world upside down because we took the risk and built something that's last. It's not about this Sunday. I'm not here to amp you up for 2020. Get hype, man, it's 2020. Get hype, 2030's coming and 2040's coming and the, the city we live in is going to grow and grow and grow and there's going to be a pile of rocks. My son, my, my seven-year-old, who will soon be eight-year-old, sitting right here. Jeremiah, stand up and wave to everybody. Come on, quick, quick, quick. i got to wrap this service up. They want to go eat lunch. <laughs> That's my boy. He ran in today and hugged me out so much I thought something was wrong. Right? One day, my son's going to have a son. And he's going to drive by a school and say, Dad, tell me the story again. Tell me the story again of the early days when it happened at Pritchardville Elementary. What do these stones mean? What are you building with your days? But you can't build what you don't know. That's why I'm so excited to tell you for the first time in the history of this church, I'm excited about this, right? Because we're a church now. We ain't a startup, we're a church. There's a lot of people here. We're doing something incredible. It's not me, it's him, right? 
So I'm excited to tell you we're building something that will last and we're giving us all the opportunity to be a part of it for the first time in the history of this church this month, January. Why January? Because I don't give to God at the end of the year out of his faithfulness. I'm going to give to him believing he's going to be faithful. I want to give him the first fruits of my life, not the return of what he's already done for me. I want to give to him believing God. So for the first time in the history of this church, we're going to take a built-to-last offering. Tell oh, man, the church just wants my money. No, what I want is for one day, a generation that we may never meet drive by and that we have built something that lasts. So in two weeks, I want you and your family, if you call Venture home, this is our moment, this is our year to do something that the best days are yet to come, to believe in the vision, to dig deep and build something to last. I want you to go home. I want you just to, to give. I want you to pray about it. I want you to, to ask God genuinely. I want to make an investment to build something that will last in this community. It's not, it's not a number issue. It's a faith issue. Not, I, 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 don't, I don't have a projection on, who we can bring this much money. And no, I just know this, that whatever God does, he will multiply and we will build something in this community that will last. But you give out of what God speaks to you. And this, this, hear me, hear me. None of that matters if you don't know. Maybe you've already fallen into the, the new year, new you, right? New year, new you. Hey, this is my opportunity. It's 2020. It's a new decade. I'm going to be way different this year. Doing the same thing, expecting different results is the definition of insanity. You got yourself in the mess you're in. You can't get yourself out. New you needs the same Jesus. We don't need to play church this year. We need to be the church. We don't need religion. We need the genuine, authentic relationship that God came for. So do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to ask you the most important thing you can do right here this new year is not come to church. It's why you felt compelled to come anyway. Man, I just want to be a better person this year good and at the end of this year you want to be a better person again because your good deeds are never going to be enough to overcome the depth of the hurt in your soul and the mistakes we've made it won't happen that's why he had to come that's why Christmas ever began anyway because we needed saving today a savior has been born you're in this room this morning I, I give you my word I won't embarrass you I just want to pray with you you say I want to start my year off right and accept Jesus and have an authentic relationship. I know right now, I know my heart's beating. I know right now I don't have that, but I want it. I want it. Would you pray with me, Pastor? I will. All I'm going to ask you to do today so I know who I'm praying with is raise your hand and look at me. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody, thank you so much. Come on. I need that relationship. I need to accept that. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Be bold this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a difference. Thank you. I'm going to have a real relation. This is my year to live for Jesus. Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Take the bold leap this year. Make it different and raise your hand and say, yes, I want to accept Jesus. I want, I want what he did for me. I'm going to ask all of my friends in the room, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you 
for saving me, for loving me, for providing a way. Today, I accept you. I live for you. In your name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.